It's 6.45 on the morning of June the 7th. And when I went to bed last night, as I checked Facebook, I saw the announcement by Curling Canada that two staff members have announced their succession plan. And of course, I'm talking about Jerry Peckham and Danny Lamoureux. This is a special early morning edition of A Pain in the Glass podcast. And of course, this is Bill Shearhart coming to you from the ancestral lands of the Kettle and Stony Point First Nations. I want to share my thoughts, as many have on Facebook, about the contribution that both Jerry and Danny have made to curling in Canada. As a national coach, of course, I've been somewhat closer to Jerry than to Danny, but I actually impersonated Danny on two occasions. I'm not sure to what degree of success, but I, in that role of uh, pinch hitting for Danny on those two occasions, and I'll have more to say about that a little bit later in the episode, I really got to know how important Danny is to our sport and the unbelievable array of skills and experience that he has brought to his position. But first, let me talk about Jerry. I was a course conductor in Ontario in the late 1980s and into the 1990s. And it was during those years in the the 1990s as the varsity curling coach at the University of Waterloo, that I received a telephone call from Ottawa, and it was Jerry on the end of the line. I had never actually spoken with Jerry. We knew about one another, and uh, he uh, felt that uh, I was uh, worthy of participating in a high-performance camp at the National Training Center under the very capable leadership of my friend, Uh, Ron Myers, the very first national development coach, and Ron was going to uh, conduct a high-performance camp and needed some coaches to join with him. And Jerry uh, called me directly and asked me if I had the weekend of whatever the weekend was, if I could come to Calgary and participate. And of course, I said yes. And I have never said no to Jerry. Anytime Jerry has asked if I would participate or lead or in any way be involved in any aspect of curling in Canada, knowing that the request came from Jerry, I never gave a second thought to the possibility of saying no. I always said yes. Well, that yes brought me to the Glencoe Club that weekend, where, interestingly enough, uh, the team with whom I worked was a team skipped by Cheryl Bernard. I had a wonderful weekend. I believe I learned as much from Cheryl's team as possibly they learned from me, but that's for another time because I will be interviewing Cheryl at some point. But that was the first connection that I had with Jerry. And as my teaching career ended at the end of that century in 1999, 
Ron Myers, the first national development coach, uh, decided to move back to his home province of Saskatchewan. And so the position of national development coach was open. And I applied for the position, and uh, obviously I, I got the position. And that's when I started to really understand the expertise of Jerry Peckham. In the old 25 words or less, to sum up Jerry's contribution from my perspective, Jerry has guided the ship of high performance for Curling Canada through extremely challenging waters as expertly as anyone possibly could. On the Facebook account this morning, on the words of Catherine Henderson, she has said that Jerry's leadership has provided Canadian curlers with a pathway to the podium that perhaps no one else could have provided. But back to this uh, newly appointed national development coach, I was very pleased to move to Calgary. And my relationship with Jerry consisted of numerous telephone calls back and forth from Calgary to Ottawa. What I appreciated most about Jerry was that he took a chance on me. I don't think I was particularly saw, <laughs> thought of as a rogue or a loose cannon, don't, don't get me wrong, but one of the things I said to Jerry when he considered hiring me was a statement that I made to him, and this might have been a deal breaker. I said, Jerry, I hope you're not expecting me to go around Canada telling them that there's only one way to deliver a curling rock. And Jerry could have pulled the plug right then and there, but he didn't. And he took a chance on me. I don't think it was a great chance. I don't think I was going to go down any rabbit holes, but I appreciated the trust that he put in me. I had some interesting situations arise as the national development coach involving Jerry. And the first one that I will recount was uh, a telephone call. I don't know if Jerry will remember this or not. And Jerry has quite a sense of humor. Uh, he's uh, somewhat quiet and understated. Uh, most people uh, know him that way professionally but he has a delightful sense of humor. And so I had a little fun with Jerry on a telephone call when I started to write articles about curling, of course. As I traveled the country, at that time, you perhaps must remember that the provinces and territories did not have their own high-performance programs. One of the more or less unspoken mandates of the National Development Program in Calgary was to take its array of programs and services across the country, which I was very pleased to do. Once I had the teams in Calgary looked after through the help of some great local coaches, uh, to mine come Kirk Westland and John Hamm, for example, I felt that I was free to travel into the other provinces and territories and start to conduct high-performance camps. 
And it was during those visits into other provinces and territories that I started to realize that curling coaches and instructors in those provinces and territories and the curlers themselves had common interests and common questions. And when I got back <clears throat> to Calgary, into my office, I started to write articles based on those common interests and comments and questions. And at that time, the internet was still fairly young, especially in terms of websites. And I saw some software, uh, which basically allowed one to set up a rudimentary homemade website, which I did for the National Training Center. And I started to post those articles on our website. And I did this without Jerry's permission. I guess I followed the path of it's a lot easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. And maybe I should have put my hand up and uh, or put uh, fingers on the telephone and called Jerry and said, hey, Jerry, is it okay if, you know, dot, dot, dot. But I had an innate feeling that Jerry was okay with this. But anyway, I started to produce those articles onto the website, and the inevitable phone call came. And it went something like this. You have to know Jerry's understated personality. He's extremely thoughtful in the true sense of the word thoughtful. Jerry doesn't speak off the cuff ever in my experience. The answer that you get from Jerry is always honest, but it is extremely thoughtful. If he needs time to think about a, an answer to a question you've posed to him, he will take that time and he will get back to you. But here's the way the, dis it, the discussion went. Bill, Jer here. How you doing? Oh, fine, Jer. How are things in Ottawa? Well, great. Um, got a question about those articles on your website. Um, can anybody read those articles? And this is when I decided to have a little fun with Jerry. And I said, uh, nope, they would have to have a computer. And then there's the quintessential Jerry Peckham pause. Well, <clears throat> if they read the articles, Bill, could they print the articles for their own use? And I said, nope, they would have to have a printer. And again, sounds a little cheeky, but I banked on Jerry's sense of humor and our shared interest in spreading the word. And again, one of the famous Peckham pauses, and all he said was, okay, Bill, have a good day. And that was Jerry's uh, good housekeeping seal of approval on what has now turned out to be the coaching manual that uh, I have uh, produced, A Pain in the Glass, A Coach's Companion, and uh, it's the Sandra Schmiller Foundation who is the real uh, benefactor. So, Jerry, thank you for having trust and faith in me. There were some other instances where I was involved in meetings in which Jerry was presiding, or if there was a seminar with the national coaches, Jerry 
ran meetings as expertly as I have ever seen anyone run a meeting. Again, it's his pension for thoughtfulness. Jerry has the best interests of all stakeholders in mind anytime he conducts any session. I remember one particular session where in the transition from the uh, coach education program from the level one, two, three protocol to a competency-based program, Sport Canada wanted a number of sports to pilot the new educational program. And Jerry actually turned down that pilot project, as I recall. Uh, I think probably Sport Canada was a, a little surprised at that. But Jerry did it because he did not want our sport to make any mistakes. He wanted to wait and make sure that we did it right. And those of us who were implementing the education program across the country really appreciated the fact that Jerry held off. At one point, there was a concern about the funding of the National Training Center because our funding partner was CODA, the Calgary Olympic Development Association. It was not funded by, well, then the Canadian Curling Association. And I got a call from Jerry, and Jerry said, Bill, I'm flying in. We're going to have a meeting at Olympic Park with the funding partners and the Glencoe Club. And, of course, I want you there to represent the National Training Center. And the fact that Jerry was flying in told me this was a really important meeting. And just to illustrate how how much I was out of the picture when you when you start talking with uh, people in high positions, the meeting started about nine o'clock, as I said, at Canada Olympic Park, and I hung on every word that was spoken because basically, and I'll say my program, my program was hanging in the balance. And it really, of course, was the country's high-performance program. And the discussion ensued over a number of hours. And as we approached lunchtime, I uh, was a party to the uh, closing statements, so to speak. And I was under the impression we were going to break for lunch and come back and continue the, the meeting in the afternoon. So we we did break. And I went to Jerry and I said, what time do we have to be back this afternoon? And he turned to me and said, no, no, everything's fine, Bill. It's over. We, we've got the funding thing all sorted out. Well, talk about feeling like a hayseed. They spoke a language and really a jargon of which I was not familiar. But Jerry represented the High Performance Program with those funding partners as expertly as anyone possibly could. What an impression he left with me. Oh, one more anecdote with Jerry. Uh, one of the uh, absolute delights that I have with Curling Canada is that I get to take our national senior teams 
to the world championships each year. And uh, about four or five weeks ago, we just returned from Geneva, Switzerland. That year, the men's team was the Brian Cochran team from the Russell Curling Club, which is just outside Ottawa. So I was able to fly into the uh, Ottawa Hunt Club for an, uh, literally a day with the Brian Cochran team so we could get to know one another and basically have a little bit of a mini camp together. Well, since it was in Ottawa, Jerry called me and said, listen, is it okay if I drop in at some point during the day? Well, of course it's okay. <laughs> and as luck would have it, Jerry dropped by right after lunch, and the topic that I had set for right after lunch was brushing. And this was in 2015, right after the summit in Kempville, when when it was the sort of the tail end of Broomgate that 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 season, that horrible season when. Uh, uh, competent brushers could take rocks wherever they wanted because of various conditions in connection with the brushes. Anyway, long story short, I saw Jerry in action uh, when he arrived, and he said, "Well, um, what were you going to do this afternoon?" I said, "Well, we're going to we're going to talk about brushing." Jerry, would you please take this particular session? I want to hear what you have to say because you've just come back from that summit. Well, he did. And I saw Jerry, the coach, and I saw a real expert working with a curling team that was about to play for a world championship. So if you think that Jerry was just a really great person in the the office in Ottawa, as was said in that Facebook uh, entry this morning, his real passion is on the ice, working with athletes and teams, as he said it was what he was meant to do. So, Jerry, on my my personal behalf, I want to say a totally inadequate thank you for uh, giving me the opportunities that you have afforded me. I have appreciated it very much, and I hope the fact that I never said no was my way of saying thank you. Now, Danny, well, the way I describe Danny is he has enough energy to light up a small city. All you have to do is be around Danny at an event to realize that there is no off switch and there is no slow down switch. He is an absolute encyclopedia of expertise and knowledge, not just running national events, but as the curlers of Canada know, his heart and soul is with curling facilities. And as I go around the country still, and I hear people in curling facilities talk about the help that they need from Ottawa, I give them one piece of advice Danny at curling.ca. That's all you need to know. Pick up the phone. Talk to this man. He will answer your questions and he will guide you to a place and get you the help that you need. He has done it on the website. He does it wherever he goes. There were two occasions when I 
impersonated Danny Lamoureux. One was at the Canadian Senior Championships when it was in Yellowknife. And as I recall, I think Danny uh, was at the, the Canadian Wheelchair Championship, and he's, he asked me, he said, Bill, can you get things started for me? I'll have everything all laid out for you. Can you get things started for me for the first, as I think it was like the first three or four days, and I'll be coming in on about the Wednesday and, you know, to, to take over. And of course, like with Jerry, I said, absolutely, I will do that. Ah, there was a certain trepidation on my part because I was not comfortable in that role. I was high-performance national coach. I was not, you know, Danny Lamoureux running national events. But again, Danny, true to his word, had everything all laid out. And thanks to Maureen and Steve, uh, two two people at the club, uh, along with Danny's uh, guidance in, in the, what he left for me in written form, we got the event started and everything worked out just fine. But I realized the myriad details involved in running an event like that, and that was that was just in a curling facility, that wasn't in a ten thousand seat arena. And I remember going home on the Wednesday thinking, oh, my gosh, how on earth does Danny keep all those balls in the air? It is absolutely incredible the job that that man does. And then the other impersonation of Danny came relatively recently at the most recent time of the curling trials in Saskatoon. Because at that time, while the curling trials were in the, uh, I'm not sure if I have the exact name right, but in the, the big arena in Saskatoon, there was a junior qualifier event at the Granite Curling Club to determine the uh, junior participants in the recent World Junior Championship, now U21 Championship, uh, which was in Sweden. And Danny said, listen, would, would, would you look after that event for me? And because I'll be pretty much concerned with the, uh, the event at the, at the curling trials. And again, I said, yes. Well, uh, once again, uh, Danny had everything all laid out. And Steve, the manager the, of the curling club, uh, Steve Turner, I think his name is. I hope I got that right. Uh, with with Steve's help and Danny's guidance, the and and Laurie Olson Laurie Olson Johns as well, we got through it. But as I said before, once again, I realized just how important Danny is and his wealth of knowledge to be able to keep all those balls in the air, pull all the strings, effortlessly and seamlessly behind the scenes. And as the Facebook account this morning said, he did it not with the spotlight on himself. It's always about the customers, the curlers, the coaches, the fans. So Danny and Jerry, it is totally inadequate to say you're going to be missed. And I'm pleased that you're going to be staying on over the next period of time to make sure that our ship goes through those challenging waters and arrives at its destination 
the way you have done over the past number of years. So, Jenny and Jerry, again, an inadequate thank you. And thank you from my perspective for allowing me to be part of your world. Before I conclude this very special episode of A Pain in the Glass podcast, I want to make mention of two very understated people on staff at Curling Canada. Two people who have been at Jerry and Danny's right hand every day, looking after all the minutiae, all those details that make success happen. I'm referring to Louise Delorme and Rachel Delaney. So, Louise and Rachel, thank you. I know how valuable you are to making sure that whatever Danny and Jerry do is of the highest quality. And thank you, the listeners of the Pain and Glass podcast, uh, for tuning in to this special episode. It's a rainy day here on the shore of Lake Huron, and it's with mixed emotions that I conclude this particular episode because of the relationship that I've had with these two extraordinary individuals. Thank you to Canada Curling Stone, once again, the sponsor of a Pain in the Glass podcast. So folks, stay safe, and of course, have happy curling thoughts.